Welcome to Actionable Insights brought to you by Juan Jordan for Juan Jordan Music as well as Apex Precision Audio. Today on Episode 7, we'll be talking about the law of reciprocity. You know, Lauren Hill, the great singer Lauren Hill, has a song called The X Factor. And there's a great line in that song where she says, Who do I have to be to get some reciprocity? Today we'll be talking about that. And we also have a very, very special guest. She's an incredible voiceover artist, an all-around great person, and the definition, the true definition of a visionary who pulls her dreams down from the clouds and places her feet in the dirt while breathing life into her destiny one step at a time. Her name is Shelanie Marie. Follow her on Periscope, Instagram, Snapchat, or your favorite social media. Welcome. Tell us, how has the golden rule played a significant role in your life and success? Thank you for having me. I just want to start by saying the golden rule is pretty much how I operate. You know, what I base my life on, the way I live daily. I believe it comes from being raised in a single parent home where you feel like there's this idea of what the American dream is, you know, what your family should be like, the things you should have and possess and be able to do. And I didn't quite have that. And there were so many hardships that I was faced, but we had each other. You know, my siblings and I were very, very close, but I feel since I was able to relate to those who have drug addiction and those who have mental illness and maybe they don't have, you know, the resources, the, the money and the clothes and the fancy car and the nice house or even a nice apartment. Like, I feel like since I can you relate to those people, it helps me keep the golden rule, you know, in my heart in a special place. So when I see that homeless person on the street who's genuinely hungry, I remember what it feels to like be hungry. Like it seems so simple, but to actually have hunger and not have food or the resources to get it and you depend on this person walking past you to just hand you a dollar, a burger, a something just care instead of assuming that, you know, they're going to go buy alcohol or buy drugs with it. Like I want people to assume that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. If I have a sign that says I'm hungry, can you please give me something so I could buy something to eat? Don't assume that I'm just putting on a front that I want to be able to do something else with the money you give me. Just give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. I have a relative who has mental illness. I have a few relatives who have some mental illnesses. And when I see them and I love them and I know how they struggle with their circumstances and I see other people out and about who have those same circumstances, I have a sense of empathy and I want people to treat them the way they'd want to be treated because I'm thinking that could be my relative, that could be my close friend, that could be somebody that I know. Like, let's just love on each other and treat people the way we want to be treated. I feel like the golden rule should be common sense, but we all know, or most of us know, that common sense isn't quite common these days. I I just, I really believe that when you're able to experience 
And I say able because blessings come out of these hardships. When you're able to experience the hardships of life and you're you're having to learn how to cope and figure things out and use your resources and communicate and learn who you are and grow in yourself and have faith and believe in something that's bigger than you, you'll keep the golden rule in mind. You'll learn how to treat yourself the way you want other people to treat you. And you'll learn how to treat people the way you want to be treated. My name is Shelanie Marie. I am a voiceover artist and I specialize in children's literature. You can find me on social media such as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and even Periscope with the same name, Shelanie Marie. I want to start by saying thank you to our guest, Shelanie Marie, for those actionable insights. You see, it's not what we know, it's what we do with what we know. And by hearing how someone has applied certain aspects or or certain principles to their life, you see that it's more than just knowledge. It's more than just words in the book. It's more than just something to do to pass time when you're riding in the car. It's actually enhancing your experience of life just by listening and applying. But first you understand. And we, we see the world through stories. When I ask you about yourself, you tell me stories about you and things that happen. And in the end, we're all stories. So sometimes hearing the real life stories of how something was applied in real life allows you to see how it applies to you. We have these false ideas at times that those people over there who are successful in the ways we still wish to be, that they had some kind of a special thing happen for them. But here's the truth that you know and I know. We only live our lives one second at a time, one moment at a time. So we only can apply the things we know to the very simple things of life. And those simple things are the things that matter most. If you really look back in your life, it was the simple things that mattered most. The law of reciprocity is not some gigantic thing that you must do for someone. You're walking down the street and you see someone and they look like they're maybe having a bad day. And you smile at them. You give them a smile. What happens usually when you give them a smile? They do their best to give you one back in spite of whatever it was that they felt they were going through. And you know, once that smile rises on their face, it's hard to put it down. Even more, while you give that smile and their smile back, find one thing about them that you like and compliment. Hey, I like that jacket. Hey, thanks, man. You uplift people. You see, that reciprocity, automatically, they want to do something great for someone else now. They may be headed to the local Starbucks, standing in line, and they decide they're going to pay for the next person in line behind them. It may only be four or five dollars for the drink, but you know what? The next person reaching for their card and finding out somebody already paid for it, man, that makes their day. And they could be on their way home from a long day at work, too. And they decide they're going to make the kids favorite dinner tonight. And those kids feel so excited that, you know, not only did they do their homework on time, but they helped clean up the house. When they got to school in the morning in front of the teacher, the teacher felt overwhelmed with gladness that she felt like she was making a difference in the lives of her students. So she stepped forward and did another thing. You just don't know how far the ripples will go from the good things that you do. So never hold back the good. Never sit and think, well, what am I going to get out of this immediately? What you get out of it immediately is knowing that you showed up to life today. You showed all the way up to life today when it mattered most in the moment in which you live. 
You didn't walk around like a bag lady carrying around all the problems of yesterday and the problems that could happen tomorrow. You showed up in the moment and you gave from within. The only place you can truly give from. You see, if I give you a thing, whether it's a book or, or, or $20, I no longer have either. But if I give you a smile, I still have a smile left for the next person, including myself. If I give you wisdom, you still have that wisdom left inside you, and I have it too. So we both go up and multiply. When you give from within, that's the most abundant place because you would never, ever truly run out. And I must say this, you also need to be around people that can pour into your spirit because otherwise you can't drain yourself from being around people who only know how to take. It's a give and take situation. So you must be aware when you're in this law of reciprocity that there are some people that you, you're better off serving new people because you can give too much to the wrong thing. You can climb really hard against the ladder pressed against the wrong wall, if you know what I mean. And you have to take new action. You have to start over a little bit, but don't think it was going in the trash because, you know, if you threw a ball against a brick wall or any wall, it's going to have an equal and opposite reaction. Not just specific walls, any wall. It's just the way it is. It just depends on the force in which you threw it against the wall. The danger of giving to the wrong people is not that you, really that you gave to the wrong people, is that every time you see a diminished return for what you're doing, it discourages you from doing good because you feel like you're doing good in vain. You feel like you're wasting your time and effort. So you stop giving and in return for not actually giving, you start getting even worse results, which only confirms what you thought before, but you're not paying attention to the cause to the effect. So the better thing is to find people to deposit good into who are great return on energy. We know about return on investment. I mean, you're investing your time, which is the most precious thing you can invest. But there's also a return on energy that you must take account for. Because when you give a lot of energy to the wrong thing or the wrong people, it drains you. But when you give, uh, it's sort of like baseball. When you swing for the fences and you miss, man, that makes you so tired. But when you connect and it hits over the, the wall, you don't even feel it. You don't even notice it. You're too busy you know, in the moment, excited that you connected. So you connect with the people that you connect with. And from there, you give all you can. And you don't keep tallies of who did what because it's not the way to do it. The true law of reciprocity is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, if you don't love yourself, you got to start there. That might sound, I don't know, maybe too blunt, but it's just the truth. Uh, John C. Maxwell says, until you value yourself, you won't add value to yourself. Meaning you won't learn the things that will make life better. You won't do the things that would make life better for you. And the way that you treat yourself, you will be treating other people because also hurting people hurt people. I've been very hurt before. You've been very hurt before. And when you feel hurt, you're not in a position sometimes to, to go around giving so much uh external anything. You can't give what you don't actually have to give. So you have to give it to yourself first. You have to re-establish uh, that love and that light within yourself so that you may see that same light and love in another person to give it. Otherwise, it's false. It's plastic. It's like those plants that you see from across the room and they look so real until you get close enough and you realize they're fake. Therefore, they can't grow. 
You can't live a plastic life where you can't grow. A filtered life where every time you turn the camera on, you're perfect. And you can crop out everything you don't like. That's not real life. In real life, you got to give. Give deeply to yourself. Drink deeply from the knowledge. Be fully present in the moment. If you're talking to a person, realize that everything that ever happened in your life, in the history of the world, all came down to this moment of the person you're listening to right this minute. Even if it's me. And because your entire life came to this point, it's probably worth paying attention to it. It's worth paying attention because it is your life in that moment. The rest of it is a daydream or a memory. But this moment right here is your life, period. And if you're in front of a person and you're able to give the maximum amount of whatever it is that you have to give, give it. You will lose nothing in this. If you know that you usually make $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 per job, and you do a job where you're not even asking for a pay, you need to give the job you're not even asking for a pay more than you would give for the $50,000 job. Because it's for the love. That way, when somebody is paying you $50,000 for the job, you'll still do it for the love. You won't, you won't put a price tag on your best and have little levels that you're willing to go to for dollar bills. Those things are insignificant. They're a means to an end. When you smile at someone else, it, it takes nothing from you to smile at someone else. When you leave a $5 bill on the counter for the person in line behind you, it's $5. You're going to waste it in some type of way over time if you're not careful. But that $5 investment you made into the joy of another person will go on from today to the next person to the next in ways you can't even imagine. You need to leave whoever you meet with the spirit of increase. I never want to meet a person for the first time or even the last time and not know that their life is somewhat better because we spoke. And I also want my life to be somewhat better because we spoke. You have to learn how to greatly give and graciously receive. This is something I struggled with for a while. I would give, 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 give. And when someone would turn and give to me, I said, oh, no, 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 not me. Until I read a book called The Go-Giver. And I learned that I was blocking that person from blessing me. You see, I was putting a, a line in the sand between me and the other side of the law of reciprocity. I had my own little wall up. I would do good things. And when good things would come towards me, I would shield them off. And by blocking them off, I was also creating another version of the law of reciprocity where blessings would be blocked from me. When they were coming to me, I blocked them. And then when I wanted them, they was blocked on their own because of what I was doing. So I had to learn how to graciously receive for everything I had greatly given. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you are withholding from the world. In the next section, I'm going to read something by Eckhart Tolle. It's a very touching piece. And I want you to really listen to the words that he put down on the page because these words, these words will, will unlock something in you that only you would know exactly what I mean once you hear these words. So listen closely. The actual insight today is give whatever you think that the world is withholding from you, from within following excerpt is being read from Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you are withholding from the world. Whatever you think people are withholding from you, praise, appreciation, assistance, 
loving care and so on, give it to them. You don't have it? Just act as if you had it and it will come. Then, soon after you start giving, you will start receiving. You cannot receive what you don't give. Outflow determines inflow. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you already have. But unless you allow it to flow out, you don't even know you have it. This includes abundance. The law that outflow determines inflow is expressed by Jesus in this powerful image. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. Start by acknowledging and recognizing abundance without. See the fullness of life all around you. The fullness of life is there at every step. The acknowledgement of that abundance that is all around you awakens the dormant abundance within. Then let it flow out. Ask yourself often, what can I give here? How can I be of service to this person, this situation? You don't need to own anything to feel abundant. Although, if you feel abundant consistently, things will almost certainly come to you. Abundance comes only to those who already have it. It sounds almost unfair, but of course it isn't. It is a universal law. Both abundance and scarcity are interstates that manifest as your reality. Jesus put it like this, For to the one who has... More will be given, and from the one who has not, even that which he has will be taken away. So let's think about what we just heard here. You know, Eckhart explained that so beautiful. Until you recognize that there's abundance all around you and within you, of course you won't get more abundance because you're thinking about what's not there. The mind doesn't think in terms of not. If I told you to not see the color red, If I told you to not see your car, not see your house, not see what shoes you have on right now, your mind immediately conjures up a picture of every single thing and every single aspect of exactly what I asked it not to. So when you say, I don't have enough, it only shows you a picture of not having enough. And the thing is, you're being guided by these images within you. So either you're being guided by a winner's image or a losing image. And that image is being guided by your words. And your words are showing up as that image. Some people call it a paradigm like Bob Proctor. Some people call it psychosybernetics. Some people call it your inner guidance system. Sometimes things don't need a word. Gravity didn't have a word until somebody said it was gravity, but it had been here of all of mankind. Some of these things are just true. Our recognizing that it's true allows us to live life in a better way, but they don't really need labels like the universe or You know, we take a word like God. God means so many different things to so many different people. And yet when it comes down to whatever it really is, it doesn't need a name. That name may actually diminish it. Like like the word blue. Blue can mean blue the color, the wind blue. It has so many things that out of context, it can be totally wrong. Words like abundance. What's abundance? There could be an abundance of rain falling from the sky until you get closer and realize It's more like an abundance of atoms in an exact configuration. And so you get even more close and see that they're not just rain and water. There's other things mixed into it. When it comes down to it, at a certain level, abundance just means more than enough. What do you have more than enough of? 
How much joy can you give in any given day? How much love can you give on any given day? How much life can you express as you live life on any given day? You can't honestly live entire days at a time. You can live in the moment in which you are living. And how much power could you give to the power of now? These are questions that are worth answering within yourself. And there are no right answers. There's only answers. But they're focusing questions that get you thinking in the right direction. What's still possible for you? What would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? What if I told you failure was an illusion? You attempted to do something. It did not work out the way you thought it would work out. And you tried something different. How is that a failure? If you're sitting in a chair right now, I want you to try something. Keep sitting there. Don't do anything else. You did not try to get up. Did you just fail? Did you just fail to get up when you sat down and didn't get up? No. Let's say you are thirsty right now and the water is in the refrigerator or somewhere around you and you know exactly where it is. And instead of walking towards where it is, you walked in the opposite direction. Did you fail? Someone would say, yes, of course, I did not get the water. We never said we were looking for water. We just said it was in the room and you knew where it was at. You walking in the other direction, it was not a failure. It was just you walking in the other direction. Sometimes we mistake events and the thing that we are doing for right and the wrong, but who's to say that it was right or wrong? What if you walked in the opposite direction, around the room, got a little exercise, and still arrived at that water once you intended to actually get the water? No one says that the minute that you decide you want water, that you must have water that minute or you fail. It might take you longer. You might actually walk in the wrong direction first. You might even get caught up in the conversation you didn't know you were going to have with a, a, a co-worker. Or if you work alone, you might have gone out to uh, do certain things and, and an obstacle gets in the way. This morning, I wanted to record this message and a man showed up with a lawnmower Cutting grass outside, he's just doing his job, but you know he's keeping me from doing mine. If I took that personal and said, he's trying to stop me from working, it's like a little joke, but in reality, he's not. He's just trying to do his job. See, he had a goal. He wanted to get the grass cut. I wanted to get this recorded. It's being recorded right now, and he got the grass cut. I didn't fail the minute he showed up. Sometimes what they say, God's delays are not God's denials. Sometimes we're even in statements like that. We're externalizing and characterizing things that really in themselves have no true meaning other than the one we just attached to it. A man showing up with a lawnmower is just a man showing up with a lawnmower. I hope you see that. If you decide you want water and this in a bottle, it's in the refrigerator, it's uh, you got one in your trunk, wherever you kept it at, you got one in your little water bottle under your desk. Wherever you get the water from, don't get caught up in the vehicle. Just get the water. It might be a longer walk to your car than it is to the refrigerator. Sometimes the goals that you want is exactly the same goal that somebody next to you wants. However, yours is further away than theirs or yours is way closer. And somebody may look over at you and say, why did it work out so quick for you? I've been trying for so long. Hey, we don't know. Jim Brown said these are the mysteries of the mind. We don't know why some things happen. We just know they happen. So we do the things we can do. And we let go of the rest. They will come in due season. You will know them by the fruit they bear. You have to let go of that part. You take care of the actions. And if the actions that you take 
the results will come on their own accord. And you have to trust the feedback and say, thank you for the feedback. It's immediate feedback. Results really don't lie. So look at your results and see if the thing that I am doing was going to produce the more or the better that I'm searching for, the more or the better would already showed up. And since it is not showing up, it lets me know that the thing that I am doing is what's wrong. Not that it doesn't exist because I can look around and I can see in other places that it does exist because other people are doing it. My next step is to find those people, ask those people, what are you doing? And you are immediately seeing that they are doing something different than you. It may be one tiny tweak, but it's enough to make it different. And once you do what they have done in the correct order, you will likely produce entirely different results and they are likely to match up closely to what the other person did because there's always variables and stuff that you're not seeing, like their mindset. Two people can do the same thing mechanically, but how they do it is entirely different because of their mindset. The mind of a champion who's in the NBA is not the same exact mindset of another player who happens to also be in the NBA. They both shoot a basketball. They both wear jerseys. They may be on the same exact team playing in the same stadium. But their mindset is definitely different. A person who's determined, I'm going to get water right now. I don't care what's in my way. They will make a beeline straight for the water. If someone tried to stop them, they say, hey, not now. I need the water. I need the water. But they may not leave room for those tiny little moments of serendipity, some people would call it, where on the way to the water, somebody steps up and says something that you needed to know that you were searching for last night and now is right before your face. And they say, have you seen this? And it leads you on an entire different path and your mind had you looking for water so that you can walk in the direction to go find the answer. Why does it work that way? I don't know. I do know sometimes I might get an urge to walk into Barnes and Nobles when I definitely have enough books to read already. And I see a book sitting on the front shelf and I pick it up and I turn to random page 47 and I read a line. It's exactly what I need to know. I sit down for a minute and, a minute and flip to another page, another page. And the next thing you know, I'm buying this book and I'm getting more key insights that I can take action on. The purpose of actionable insights, this is my law of reciprocity. This is me taking hundreds of books I've read and expressing the parts that you can actually use today and go do something about because you must understand and then apply this knowledge for it to be of any use. Knowledge without application is basically you turning your head into a garage for books. It's useless. If it can't be used, it's useless. So when we talk about the golden rule and, and, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you, I want you to do this one favor for me because this is what I would do for you. I want you to apply this in the most simple, easy way you can today. Do something good for yourself. Number one, do something good for somebody else. Number two, and number three, do something good for the world at large, even in a simple act. Whatever that may be, whatever you think the world is withholding from you, give it. Picture, if you will, you're sitting on the wall facing the Pacific Ocean. It's about sunset and the sky is turning all the cotton candy colors of orange and purple and blue. 
And these words come to you by Rumi. And still, after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. This morning when I was outlining this message, a song came on the radio by a singer, Teddy Pendergrass. And he said, it feels so good loving somebody when somebody loves you back. These words are so simple, but they are powerful. And simple and powerful are usually found very close to each other. It does feel good when you love somebody and somebody loves you back. It does feel good when you do good in the world and good things happen to you. It does feel good to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There's really no escaping it. It's a reward within itself to give love and receive love in proportion to the love you gave. To be happy in the world is to find more reasons to be happy. To be grateful in the world is to find more reasons to be grateful. It feels good loving somebody when somebody loves you back. It feels good loving what you do and receiving that joy in return on the journey and not just at the destination. One thing about all destinations is after a few moments, they become the starting line to the next destination. Life isn't about destinations. It's about that journey when you look out the window and notice the world you hardly ever see because you're too busy being busy. And if you love somebody on today, and I hope you do, I hope you're loving somebody that loves you back.